All right. So we know that in this family, we operate, we build off of that foundation, that floor of honor. So we walk in honor daily. We walk in honor as a lifestyle. It's what we build everything that we put our hands to, especially our character and our relationships with one another, the way that we serve him and serve others. It's what we build off of is honor. Father's Day, just like Mother's Day, although we honor the role that fathers carry, hopefully as a reflection of Yahweh, every day in our lives, in our households, in that spirit of fatherhood in men in general is something that we honor. When there is a platform for it, we say yes. Even though it's something we operate in all the time and we're learning how to build off of that floor of honor, we still want to utilize any platform that we have to ensure for tonight, for example, with fathers, to ensure that you are walking in the fullness of your identity. That's what we do as a family. We safeguard identity as sons and as daughters so that we can become fathers and mothers and raise and steward the generations after us to serve and follow Yahweh, right? So tonight he has some specific intentions for the fathers of the house. Those intentions are that you would feel and know that you're needed and that you're capable. Now those specific words over your heart tonight are because the world is telling you that you're not. The world tells men that they are not needed. Literally in the battles over even biology and gender, it would tell you that men, fathers are not needed. I can have a baby without you. I can do the, right? I mean, I could go on and on with examples of how the world would say, men, fathers are no longer necessary. It's a role in our society that's just not needed. Then we have the church. And the church tells fathers that you're not capable. Or that you're needed, but you're needed in this one dimension, this one area. Right? Does that make sense? So really both the world and the church have told men that they're not capable unless it's this one thing, right? So one of the things we've talked about in this house is how Yahweh was put in a box. And if men are a reflection of Yahweh as father, then ultimately they've also put the father, fatherhood in a box. Man in a box. You're good at this sometimes. Or this is what you have permission to be. This is how you have permission to operate. Nothing else outside of here. Just as Yahweh was put in that box, so were you. 
men. So were you. <laughs> okay. So tonight, he wants to release over you that you are both needed and capable. And he wants to address why you're needed. So there's something really special and unique about the men in this house. About the time that you were born into and the season of life that you are stepping into the role of fatherhood in. Something else that we know in this house is that you are, all of us, you are transitionaries. That's what's been spoken over us. For such a time as this, you were born to transition the bride from the church era back to her original intent, right? Okay, so men, you are not just fathers in the sense that you know I have produced children, but it's the literal role, even if you haven't produced children with a woman, you are still a father. You are meant to father something. And if you were called to this house, which every man here I know would say, I'm here, right? Then what is it that you're meant to father? It's not just about your home, although it 100% is. <laughs> you are fathering that transition, you're fathering the bride's restoration. You're fathering a, a kingdom culture and standard. And as a father, I feel a little awkward because obviously I'm a mother. <laughs> Just speaking to this in in you, in your hearts, but I'm also a daughter. <laughs> so as a father, can I tell you that that role and those things that Yahweh has asked you to father in this time, in this season, his culture, his original intent, that transition, that era for the next generation to fully walk out that you are protecting and you are nurturing, that your role as a father is necessary for the preservation of that life. There is a new life that is being birthed in this season and we are a part of that. And as fathers, you are the ones who are the gatekeepers. You are the ones who he has given permission to judge that which is not for now, that which is in opposition to his intentions. That is your role and yours alone. It cannot be done without you.
if the mother will carry and birth that life, it is you who protects it and promises to raise it into full maturity, which Yahweh has asked us to do on, the, on behalf of the generations to follow. One of the things that I felt as I was pressing into a word on your behalf was an incredible pressure. I could feel it in my body and and I asked Yahweh to speak to it on your behalf. When there's a pressure that comes that pressure in a standard, that pressure in convictions, that pressure in leaving everything, everything that you've known, because as transitionaries, all we have known everything up to this point. Meaning not in a sense of like, we've known it all in the sense of what we've known is what we've known up to this point. And so there is a pressure that comes when he asks you to lay down everything that you've known and safeguard and protect and nurture and raise something that in the beginning you might not even have known it was yours. So there's a wrestling that comes because you're having to identify what is this first of all and and is this mine and it's scary because he created you he created you to be so deeply stirred in the protection of that thing that you partnered in giving life to that it's scary to say yeah that's mine because that means that you lay down your pride, that means you lay down your knowledge, that means you lay down your doubt, your insecurity, your fear, you lay down preconceived notion, you lay it all down on behalf of that life. I'm a daughter, I have multiple fathers, and I have a husband who I watch father. So I I can see and understand the tenacity and the weightiness of what it is to even just watch him father and the pressure that comes when you fully own and say, that's mine, that child is mine, is incredible. And now what Yahweh is asking of all of you is that you would be willing to father his intentions. That you would safeguard, that you would protect, that you would say, not only is this mine, but I'll die for it. Every day, I'll, I'll, I'll care for it, I'll nurture it, I'll protect it, I'll preserve it in any way I can. I'll acknowledge it above all else. Everything that I do from this point on will be for that. It can't 
be done without you. And it's so confusing because you have the world and the church saying, we don't really need you. So not only are you having to acknowledge, this is mine, I'll raise it, but you also have to walk through a process of your own insecurities or your own whatever those things are that you've been told by the world, by family, by the bride, by religion, by whomever, I don't really need your hands on that. And Yahweh says, you're the only one. You're the standard bearer, you're the gatekeeper. I not only need you to rule and reign, I need you to execute judgment. When that pressure comes, just like it does in any time we feel oppressed, when that pressure comes, it helps, doesn't take it away, but it helps when you can see it for what it is. when you can identify why it feels so hard. Well, that's why. Because you're not just fathering your children. If you're here in this house, you're fathering his original intent. You're following the restoration of his bride. You're fathering his was going to say his return but it sounds old <laughs> but you're you're fathering the fulfillment of his promises and you are the ones who have said yes you are who he has you are who he scoured the earth and said i need fathers to say i will stand at the door and say yes to you, no to you. You come in, you stay out. And his eyes literally landed on you. On all of you, all of you men, his eyes landed on you. Whether you have children in this house, whether you have children in your home or not, you carry, you are that representation of fatherhood on earth. It's a heavy responsibility, but what's incredible is that you're not alone and that he set you in a family. So just as we're learning to be daughters who can then become mothers and multiply his intentions, his culture, his standard on earth and carry and birth that. You are learning to be sons so you can learn to be fathers, to multiply his intentions on earth. But it's hard. <laughs> I can't begin to understand the pressure of fatherhood. But you don't have to father alone. And his eyes are on you. And he trusts you with that responsibility.
And can I just encourage you in one more thing? That that pressure, the only way to alleviate it is through it. You can't run it, outrun it. You can't hide from it. I mean, you can, <laughs> but it will find you. <laughs> it will find you because that pressure is from him. Because of the standard that you were called to, to father, essentially, his intentions back for his bride and for his sons and daughters and for his people. Okay. I know that's not a typical Father's Day word, <laughs> but you're not typical fathers, right? It's not just, happy Father's Day, go grill. <laughs> right? I mean, go grill this weekend. That is amazing. I just mean that in this house, what are we called to? <laughs> right? Okay. Now, this is the other bit of encouragement. Is... We have a father in this house. We have a man who said yes to fathering new life being carried before he knew it was his. Out of obedience, he said yes first. So, Padrino, we're going to take some time to honor him tonight when I talk about how everything that men are fathering, that where we're at is because we have a man who said, yes, I will father that. He's fathering the restoration of Yahweh's original intent, the purification of his bride back to her glory, multiplying that same heart in others and spiritual sons that would say yes to protecting, nurturing that same new life. Out of sheer obedience and adoration, out of faith before he could even imagine or understand what he was willing to, what he was saying yes to, he was willing to lose it all for. That is a father. That is Yahweh. And that's the representation we have in dad. (laughs) When I was praying specifically about a 
a word over dad, the very first thing that came to my mind was one that I actually hadn't heard before and I had to research. I can point out in the room everyone who would know what this term means. (laughs) I was not one of them. But the word that I heard was hold the line. I asked Yahweh, what do you say about dad? How do you sum up who he is? And he said, he's a man who holds the line. What does it mean to hold the line? This is how we talk. What does it mean to hold the line? So holding the line is a term that's used in the military. It's a term that's used in the fire department. And it's a term that's used in the police force. In the military, to hold the line means that when you're under attack, you stand in a specific formation so that the enemy cannot advance. And when he says hold the line, it means you literally do not allow anything to penetrate that boundary. In the fire department, to hold the line means to literally hold the line of fire. You refuse to let the fire advance by blocking it with your body and every resource that you have. Firefighters stand in a very specific posture and they keep the line just like they did this week from your homes, from your families, from structures, from anything that that fire would destroy. And they do not break it even unto death. We honor firefighters every year who give their lives because they hold the line on our behalf. In the police department, holding the line has a similar connotation in the sense of posturing yourself so that there can't be an advancement against anyone who you're protecting. We saw it in the riots when our nation was in upheaval and turmoil. We saw lines of police officers standing like this with shields in formation, refusing to harm any individuals unless they would harm another and they protected lives, livelihoods, businesses, schools. They used their bodies to establish a boundary to protect their community. They hold the line. Now dad has held the line for decades. So that we, before, this is Yahweh, (laughs) 
before he knew us, before we were here, that line would be held so that we could receive the fullness of Yahweh's heart, intentions, and the freedom that he died for. The fullness that he laid down his life for. He held the line for decades, for me, for you, and for the generations to come. And it cost everything. When you hold the line, it may cost you your life, your livelihood, your reputation, your name, your status, your finances. But he didn't move. He didn't budge. He didn't waver. And I'm here. I can personally testify, I'm here. My daughters are here. My marriage is here and it will be full and whole because I have a spiritual dad who held the line before he even met me. So we don't know how to thank you, but we're gonna try. <laughs> Would someone mind getting me Thank you. JJ, would you mind right here, sweetheart? Just one. Thank you, baby. thank you for you and then what we'd like to do is we'd like to surround you in prayer now the heart behind surrounding dad is twofold the decades of standing the line have been painful and lonely and this is a season that Yahweh has said it's time for healing it's time for restoration because you're not alone anymore. You'll never hold the line again by yourself. You'll never be backed into a corner again. You'll never call out for help with no response. When you look to the right and you look to the left, we will be there because you've raised us well and we'll follow you we'll follow you 